interesting thing is social media now has opened up so many people to chiropractic. So I have people right. all the time who are coming in saying, I was nervous to get adjusted. And then I uh, saw a, a thousand people get adjusted on TikTok. And then yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. Or, right, right. or I was nervous yeah. about it, but then I, I follow this chiropractor and they answered all my questions. So right. now I feel perfectly comfortable and I'm yeah. going to come in and try it. Yeah. So we met through laser. You did. Yeah, all right. Give us that story. Laser. Yeah. So yeah. you owe your marriage to the laser. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How, and yeah. can you walk us through that? Are we recording now yeah. or yeah. is this practice? This is going, no, I, oh. well, I don't know if we, if we like it, we'll <laughs> let it roll. Do you want to do an intro? <laughs> no, we'll just roll. He puts it, he puts <laughs> okay. stuff in there. You didn't intro last week at all. No, I've, I've been introed in a long time. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, uh, this was, uh, m many years ago. Uh, and uh, our, our company name was different at that time. We were, we were distributing a, 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 a laser that was manufactured in Italy at that time. And it was at a resort in Phoenix, and it was a osteopathic conference uh, where they were doing prolotherapy, uh, which prolotherapy is, is a technique that is done by medical doctors and osteopaths and um, uh, you know, involving doing injections in the body. And at that time, we were trying to promote laser as uh, a solution for post-injection pain. Uh, so when they do a prolotherapy procedure, it's extremely painful for the patient. It sounds simple. They're just injecting uh, a sugar solution in the body, but it reboots the inflammatory process and it can be very, very painful. Uh, and so typically what they will do is do the injections and then hand the patient a, a bottle of uh, pain relievers. And, and typically it's an opioid because the pain is so bad. So we were trying to promote laser as a solution for that post-injection pain, which now finally many years later, they've, they've gotten the message and, and they do that. Uh, but at this conference, I had my laser booth, uh, you know, my table with, with, them, with my laser. Mm -hmm. And next to me was this very attractive woman uh, that was... Um, uh, representing sonocyte diagnostic ultrasound and the day or the second day of the show she shows up at noon so i start giving her crap like what are you hung over you're showing up late why why you know what's going on and she tells me well i was i was driving home last night and i was stopped on the interstate and a car hit me from behind at 60 miles an hour so she you know ambulance came and put her in the emergency room and she did uh uh, you know, all the imaging and there was, there was luckily no fracture. However, she had horrible neck pain. She had no uh, range of motion in her cervical spine at all. And I said, okay, sit down. I'm going to laser you right now. And it's, you know, as we can do with acute pain situations like that, you know, the sooner we get laser on somebody, the better they're going to respond. So I lasered her and uh, she reported her pain level went from a 10 down to a two. Uh, she uh, gained, I'd say, overall about half of her of, of her normal range of motion, and she was very comfortable. Now, the thing is, uh, I was actually married uh, um, uh, at the time, and uh, she was not married. Uh, and uh, seven years went by from, from that time until the, the next time that we talked, seven years went by, and we had no communication with each other. All right. So one day uh, in that interim of seven years, I was actually divorced from my, my first wife. And, and uh, it, it, one of those life events where you can remember exactly where you were when, when something happened. Uh, and for me, I was riding a bicycle at the corner of Spring and Ninth Street in Grinnell, Iowa, and my phone rang. And I look at the, the caller ID and it was her. It was Tammy. And I thought to myself, why on earth is she calling me? And um, it turns out that her she had a horse and her horse had laminitis and laser therapy can help horses that have laminitis, uh, the, you know, the, the pain and inflammation. Uh, so she was uh, asking if I still worked for the laser company and uh, if, if we could arrange to sell a laser to her veterinarian. And uh, from that, we just uh, continued talking. And, and finally, I got up the nerve to say, uh, you know, I always kind of liked you. And, and she said, yeah, I kind of liked you too. So we, we started to date and, um, it was not easy because she, she has a daughter and custody laws in Arizona are, are very strict when it comes to custody of the child. So I, I would always travel from, uh, I would fly out of uh, Des Moines and go down to Phoenix. She, she was living in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
And so I would go fly down there for the weekend and visit her and that, and, and that would be our, our dating experience. But our actual first date was Thanksgiving of 2015. And uh, it was not a traditional date at all because we went to her cousin's house and there were, I don't know, 20, 20 family members there. And um, uh, I, I, I'm not sure how I ended up at the table with three of her aunts and uh, I got grilled by them on uh, uh, everything about me. And uh, I, I must have passed a test because uh, uh, the first time we kissed was actually in her cousin Mario's garage. And, uh, and then- <laughs> She has a cousin named Mario. <laughs> she has a cousin named Mario. Uh, and, uh, and, and we kissed in the garage and, and then it finally led to, to our wedding. So if you've been to Scottsdale, uh, you know, that, you know at, at the right time of the year, it's, it's extremely beautiful and extremely pleasant place to live. Right now, I think she said the high today is going to be 117 degrees. Uh, so it, it, it's very brutal right now. But once we get past this, then, you know, the, the, the fall and the winter and the spring are just gorgeous there. And so we got married on um, McCormick Ranch Golf Course with Camelback Mountain in the background. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you have that sunset behind Camelback, is uh, our wedding pictures are just stunning and, and beautiful. Love that. Uh, so have yeah. you, do you know anything about prolotherapy? So I don't actually. I because I heard him at the first time I ever heard of it. I was sitting on an airplane and somebody mm -hmm. said they were flying to mm -hmm. a place to get prolotherapy. Yeah, but I, I don't think the medical world. I don't think uses it. Well, at all. it's it's controversial because they are uh, using a non pharmaceutical. It's a non drug solution, uh, and so you know, however deep you want to go down the rabbit hole of uh, uh, big pharma and 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 the practice of medicine. Uh, because it does not involve a pharmaceutical, it's very controversial in, in the medical world. Uh, and so, yeah, so there, there are practitioner, practitioners around the country that practice it, uh, but they are, uh, you know, shunned by, you know, the traditional Medical. prescription mm -hmm. uh, prescribing. And yeah, so it, it's a simple procedure. And, and the main thing that they describe it as, as I said, uh, rebooting the inflammatory process in the body. And one of the main indications they will use it for is, is laxity of ligaments. Um, uh, but, um, but yeah, again, even though they're just injecting a sugar solution, the treatments are very it's painful. Pretty, I've yeah. seen people uh, have this procedure done at conferences and they were just bawling their eyes out. It, it just hurts so bad. Uh, so, yeah. Softies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I wanna take yeah. it back to the beginning. So last night you In referenced, so we were at um, a dinner last night, we got some, continuing education credits, learned a little bit more about the laser. But the first thing you mentioned was that you graduated from Palmer yes. College back in 1994. Yeah. Yes. And so chiropractor by trade initially. No, no. not, not, not <laughs> initially. So okay. I, I started out, uh, um, I, I went to Iowa State okay. University and I started out my career in aerospace engineering. Oh, wow. Uh, and then at that time, uh, one of the requests that our parents had for us. So I, I'm the youngest of eight children, come from a big family, and we grew up on a farm in Iowa. And we really only had one rule when we were growing up, and the rule was that we had to stay in band until we graduated from high school. Uh, I embraced that. A couple of my brothers, I think, kind of fought against that, uh, that, that rule. But now that we're all adults, we, we enjoy that because one of the things that we do when we get, get together for family reunions is we play music. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we have some very talented musicians in the family. Uh, what, so what that did was you our play? trombone. Uh, me, I, I played trumpet, trumpet. Uh, in high school. I still have a, a trumpet. I have a, if, if you know trumpets, I have a box strat of various trumpets, like a $7,000 trumpet. Wow. Uh, which I, I, I don't get to play it enough, uh, but I, I enjoy playing it. Um, so and you the, and your brothers just sit around playing the, the trumpet and the no, flute. No, it's, it's, it's mostly uh, bluegrass. Uh, so when, when I join them for that, I'll play harmonica. I see. And uh, so I have a brother that's excellent on uh, guitar and uh, upright bass. I was uh, say, who plays the bass? Uh, yeah. The oldest brother, right? <laughs> uh, he's the second oldest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he calls him. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's, he's a retired music teacher. He was in Olathe, Kansas, uh, same school for his entire career and and now he plays in various plays the upright bass in various bands and he uh, uh kind of jokingly calls himself one of the best uh 200 upright bass players in kansas city uh but anyway um so we'll do bluegrass we have a banjo player a mandolin player uh, uh dobro i'll play harmonica uh so that's fun and um 
so yeah, that was our rule growing up. We had to we had to stay in band. Uh, a request that that the parents had for us, uh, for those of it that, that went to Iowa State, they wanted us to be active in the community center at the at uh, the Catholic Church at at um, St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church. So as I said, I started out in aerospace engineering, but I did have somewhat of a, uh, a call, call to conscious moment. And I realized that uh, I did not want to end up working for a defense contractor. So I shifted gears, uh, uh, changed my major to physics, graduated with a physics degree from Iowa State and uh, was in education. So I, I taught in a small town in Western Iowa for three years. And, um, you know, th there's times in life where I wish I could clone myself and I wish I could do all of these different career paths right. because I would have loved nothing more uh, than to stay in teaching my entire life. I, I, I love that school district. I love that area. Uh, I keep in contact with, with many of my former students. Uh, I had one, uh, one kid went on to be the, uh, uh, the, the flight lead for the Blue Angels uh, flying squadron. Uh, and, and there's you know, some other kids that I keep in contact with. So I, and, and I've always respected that teacher that stays in a school for a really long time and you know, has that impact on kids' lives. However, uh, as I said, I'm the youngest of eight kids, and I have a, an older brother that was also started out his, his career as a math teacher, uh, but then he went to Palmer. He's 10 years older than me. His name is Bill. Uh, and so he was, uh, you know, I got to see his office and, and how much he enjoyed being in, in chiropractic practice and how he was able to help people. So uh, uh, I decided to change gears and, and go to Palmer. So I, I went to Palmer College and, and graduated from there in 96. And uh, practice in small town in Iowa, and, and like I was uh, sharing here earlier this morning, I, I am not an office person. Mm -hmm. uh, I really don't do well with a set schedule. Uh, and, and so I, I enjoyed being in practice. And of course, that's you know what got me involved in, in laser therapy. Uh, but then in the fall of uh, 2007, I woke up one morning and decided to sell my practice and uh, become the medical director for the, the laser company that I work for now. So um, now do you still adjust at all? No, I don't. No, no I, I, um, uh, I'll work out some trigger points on my wife. I, I did used to adjust, uh, uh my wife I and mean, yeah. she has, she has some, some, some needs because of the motor vehicle accident uh, history, but I just, I don't trust myself. Yeah. You know, my husband's a chiropractor yeah. that doesn't adjust either. Mm -hmm. And so my chiropractor is the guy sitting yeah. next to yeah. me. He yeah. does yeah. all my adjustments. Yeah. Okay. But I'm always like, can't you just? And he's like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not. So, yeah. I won't. Yeah. I'll work out some trigger points and do some, you know, maybe some soft, simple soft tissue work and things like that. But uh, no, I don't adjust. Yeah. It's why, and chiropractic is one of the professions that you can just do so many different things once you have your degree because i was even thinking mm -hmm. back to the number of people that graduated in my class mm -hmm. and some of them are um, functional medicine doctors right, now so they don't do any like, adjusting at yeah. all they just do blood tests and things like that mm -hmm. and then some are just all they do is read x-rays all day and yeah. they're basically turned into an, an a radiologist right um, some of them aren't even in chiropractic anymore yeah. some of them have huge clinics. It's just so all over the place from mm -hmm. what it was. It's not, there's this idea of a chiropractor just graduates and goes and opens a clinic and that's what they do, but it's yeah. probably a pretty small percentage that right. actually do that yeah. for long periods of time at least. Yeah. yeah. So then yeah. you, so then I know you were in 90, in 94, 94, or 96, you graduated. 96. 96 when you graduated yeah. from Palmer. Yeah. You alluded a little bit last night to the AMA the big lawsuit, right. how that all happened. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Can you walk and, through the events of that? Well, yeah, I, 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 uh, I don't have a lot of details on that story, but, but, uh, you know, everyone should know that in the 19 early 1970s, the American medical association was, was calling chiropractic an unscientific cult and their end goal was to eliminate the chiropractic profession. Mm -hmm. Was that around the time that the doctor of osteopath, like the DO profession was? Swallowed up basically uh, no, by the medical. No, no, no. Well, no, I just wonder if they were, you know, they thought that an osteopath and a chiropractor were so similar that anything that a chiropractor could do, an osteopath could do. So that, um, no, I, I think, I, I no, no, I think, I think there were some differences, you know, the original, uh, AT still, the original theory of, of osteopathy was, um, uh, you know, flow of blood in the body, you know, through manipulation of the bones. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure when that, when the, when the osteopathic profession was swallowed by medicine, but um, there was a chiropractor from Illinois named Dr. Chester Wilk, and he had 
associates uh, with him, and uh, they were the ones that uh, successfully defended the lawsuit, uh, or, or pro I should say prosecuted the lawsuit, Wilk versus the AMA. And um, uh, thanks to them, and thanks for the, for the work of those people, you know, we have a chiropractic profession today. Mm -hmm. And so the lawsuit, and so people know, like it was this massive lawsuit against the medical association, right. yeah. and it was found that they were colluding to try to suppress chiropractic, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I don't. Did they ever have to do a letter? I think they even had to do a letter to the chiropractor saying sorry oh. for saying this about you. Okay, okay. Uh, but it was yeah. yeah. It's a it's a cool thing in history because now you just we kind of take it for granted, right? right. We don't even know what it was like in the early 1900s when chiropractors were going to jail for adjusting people. Exactly. And then in the 1970s, when basically the medical profession was trying to destroy the chiropractic field. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and now we're in a time where we're pretty much fairly accepted, I would right. say. There's right. there's not many, um, you know, and sometimes you get people who say, oh, I don't quote unquote believe in it or whatever. Yeah. But as far as the population or general people, I find most people either don't know what it is or they've been to it and they like it. Right. Right. There's very few people who are really hard against it, I'm finding now. Mm -hmm. But the the interesting thing is social media now has opened up so many people to chiropractic. So I have people right. all the time who are coming in saying, I was nervous to get adjusted. And then I uh -huh. saw an, a thousand people get adjusted on TikTok. And then yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. Or, right. Right. or I was nervous yeah. about it. But then I, I followed this chiropractor and they answered all my questions. So right. now I feel perfectly comfortable and I'm yeah. going to come in and try it. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good thing. It's 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 good for all of us, and uh, it is a wonderful thing to see. And that you know, being able to get that education about the profession out, uh, but then also to realize that there are many different ways to practice. Uh, you know, there's many different ways that, that that we can employ chiropractic techniques to help patients. And so, you know, I think about my early days in practice. I I practiced in Brooklyn, Iowa, which is a a town of 1,600 people. I was the only chiropractor in town. And, um, you know, because, because I was the only chiropractor there, I had to know, uh, or at least, <laughs> at least pretend that I knew a lot of different adjusting styles. Mm -hmm. So I would literally have patients that I would, uh, uh, take, uh, my thumb tips and just put a little bit of light pressure on the spinous process. I don't even know what the name of that technique is, but they would describe to me what another mm -hmm. chiropractor did, and I would do that to them, and they were happy, and they and they felt better, yep. and that worked very well. And then I had some patients that <laughs> it was like an all-star wrestling match, uh, you know, Gonstead uh, to the extreme. And um, uh, I, I remember this one patient; her name was Nancy, and uh, she would come in every two weeks, uh, uh, and she just enjoyed having a uh, very firm, high velocity, low amplitude thrusts and, and uh, full spine and extremities. And um, it was a workout to adjust Nancy. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, I, I loved her to pieces, but it was a workout to adjust her. And I, I won't say that I'm blessed, but I, 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 I can be a smart ass. All right. Sometimes. And so one time after getting done working with Nancy, I just said to her, <laughs> Oh man, I forgot to jerk on your earlobes. <laughs> and so she said, well, yeah, you better do that. So I took, I took her earlobes and which, you know, I, I gave it a hard tug and I got an audible release, uh, from her earlobe. And then the next two weeks go by and she comes back and, and I do her full spine adjustment and I start to leave the room. She goes, aren't you going to adjust my ears? So, so I added another step. To another, well, and actually right. that was one of the things that helped me when I was growing up is I had ear infections. Is that right? And my parents took me to a chiropractor for ear infections. Yeah. And that was part of it. They would pull oh, on my okay. ears every time. All and right. it was, I mean, it doesn't feel great, but uh -huh. it helps. It's effective. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah. all right. So that brings, brings me to kind of what I want to talk about too, because you're the head of so you're the uh, medical director of right. Sumus Lasers. You've right. been there for several years. Yeah. We have one of the lasers in our clinic. Yeah. It's amazing. We yeah. love it. Uh, but there's this, in the chiropractic world, there's this idea of like mixer versus straight chiropractor. Uh -huh. So um, like a straight chiropractor would be all they do is adjust. They mm -hmm. do nothing else other than adjust. And that there's kind of one camp along that, Yeah. Uh, which I don't know that many of them anymore. Most of them at least have some form of rehab or, or they sell supplements or something. Right. And then there was this kind of idea of people who they adjust, but then they do other things as well. Uh -huh. And this laser, I, I mean, my first experience with the laser, I had really bad shoulder issues. I was at Palmer, my roommate, his dad was in, his dad was a chiropractor. He was in Canton, Illinois. So it was a two hour drive from Palmer. And he was like, yeah, just come on over. We'll try to fix, well, you can do the laser on, um, on your shoulder at my dad's place. Yeah. And my shoulder basically was fixed and it's, yeah. I've never had any issues with it since. Uh -huh. 
And that kind of started my love. So that was eight, probably 18 years ago then, started my other 15 years ago, started um, kind of my thoughts about it or looking at it. Yeah. Uh, but it does, it, it does a whole bunch of scientific things that you were right. alluding to that most people don't know about. Uh -huh. So what was your transition into laser? How did you, who, yeah. how did, who convinced you to start doing it? Uh, so, so starting out, uh, you know, I was in practice in, in that small town and, um, uh, therapeutic lasers, uh, a little bit of the history of them, the, the, the laser device itself was invented in the 1960s, uh, based on the theories of Albert Einstein going back to the 1920s. Uh, so they invented this device. And at that time, uh, they were not sure of, uh, the, the effects of laser. They, you know, if, if we shine this new type of light on tissues, what will happen? So one of the interesting experiments that was done was uh, a researcher would take mice and shave the mice and induce skin cancer in the mice and then shine the laser on that to see if it would make the cancer grow more. How do they uh, induce, do you know how they induce uh, skin cancer? There's a cancer? certain chemical, I should remember the chemical, there's a certain chemical that they inject. They would just spray it on the mouse? That, uh, they, it just right underneath the top layer of the skin, just a, a little bit of an injection uh, and that it, it, it yeah, it, 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 it okay. induces cancer. Um, uh, so the, uh, the laser did not make the cancer grow more, but then they also, that was the first time they observed that when you shine laser on those mice that are shaved, the hair grows back more quickly. Uh, so, uh, that, that was a, a, you know, an accidental discovery. And, uh, that's really where photobiomodulation started. That's where laser therapy started was, uh, Andre Mester is he's called the godfather of, of laser therapy because of that experiment. And so then a lot of the early work with Laser therapy was done in Russia, done in Europe, uh, to some extent done in the U.S. And then finally in 2002, based on studies that were done on um, auto workers in Detroit with carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, there was a therapy laser that got the first FDA clearance. It was the, the microlight device. It's just a small handheld flashlight uh, type device. Which would have probably uh, been like a class two? It's a, it's a class three laser. It, class it's, three? It's a, okay. it's a 830 nanometer, 100 milliwatt. Uh, so it is a class 3B laser. Um, but that was the first one that got FDA clearance. And then shortly after that, uh, there was a, another brand of laser, which is actually a laser that I had in my office that got, uh, was the first one to get um, uh, FDA clearance as a class four therapy laser. Uh, and so that, that early device, uh, uh, the brand name was Avicenna, uh, that company has now gone out of business since then, but, um, I, I always give them credit because that was the first company to get class for, uh, laser therapy clearance. Now with the FDA, it's a little bit unfortunate, uh, that currently therapeutic lasers are cleared by the FDA as an infrared lamp. Okay. They don't, they don't, the FDA regulations don't recognize all of the, scientific benefits and proven mechanisms of photobiomodulation. So it's, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. I'm, I'm, I'm told that, they, that the FDA is going to be uh, updating the regulations on that. So again, that first therapy laser got F FDA clearance in 2002. Then shortly after that, other companies were coming out with lasers. And you know, because of my physics background, uh, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. You can use a laser to help heal people. So I bought one of the first very heavily marketed uh, class three lasers, which actually is, is no more than a laser pointer. Um, and I got, you know, some interesting results with it and, and thought, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. But then the more I thought about it, uh, I realized that uh, it, it was simply not a strong enough laser and it was using only red light that really only penetrates a millimeter or two into the tissues. So then I heard about that uh, class four laser and I, I, I purchased that. Uh, now that device was just one wavelength. Uh, it could only do continuous wave, meaning that the laser was constantly on, turn, you know, always on. It wasn't flashing at all. And then it was uh, seven and a half watts of power. Uh, and so to introduce that to my patients, I did a little self, I did a little study in my practice. I, took, I picked six people and randomly assigned them to a group and they all had knee pain. Uh, and then I just did a little experiment where they were laying on their back on the table and I had a sheet across at their waist. So I could see them, they could see me, but they could not see what I was doing. And so half of them got the laser on their knee and the other half got just a, a heat lamp shined on their knee. And then I just did a, a, a pain scale uh, where they would just mark on a piece of paper what their pain levels were. And, and it was pretty easy to see that the, the, the laser was, was effective. So that was my own little 
way, you know, to kind of test it because I wanted to see what it could do. And that helped me to introduce it and, and market it to, to my patients. So, you know, as with anything technological, uh, uh, you know, better and better equipment was coming out. As I said, that first laser was a single wavelength. Then I heard of a dual wavelength laser putting out two um, um, laser beams at the same time. And uh, through a mutual friend, I was introduced to the uh, founder of that company. And uh, we kept in communication and, and uh, uh, I started to do some work. I, I was still in my chiropractic office, but then starting to do some um, uh, con uh, consulting work for that laser company. And like I said, one day I just, I woke up and, and uh, decided to sell my practice and go work for this laser company. And that was, that was September of 2007. Uh, so at that time, it was literally uh, uh, the founder of our company, Dr. Richard Albright, uh, who is a, a Life University graduate. Uh, it was he and his wife literally selling lasers out of the basement of their house. Uh, and, and now uh, we are a, uh, over a $20 million company. Uh, we, we sell lasers in, in, of course, the U.S., Canada. Um, I think it's like 50 foreign countries. Uh, uh, I'm lucky because I get to do a lot of travel and, and talk to healthcare providers around the world about the use of laser. So. Cool. Who would you say yeah. are the biggest adopters? Is it mostly chiropractors, athletic trainers? Who is, is the much of the medical yeah. community? Who's who's your biggest? So in, in, in our uh, company history, because uh, the, you know the, the founder is a life graduate, I'm a Palmer graduate. Because and you know all of us in the company originally were chiropractors, and so because we knew chiropractic, we we started out there. And then also, as a rule, in in all of the healthcare professions, chiropractors tend to be early adopters yeah. of technology. And of course, it's it's very appealing to chiropractic. You know, you're going back and you're talking about um, the, the the straight versus mixer thing. Um, you know, I would argue that you can easily align the concept of laser therapy into the concept of above, down, inside out. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a Christian, if, if you read the Bible, uh, Genesis 1, verse 3, God said, let there be light. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I find laser very appealing because we are using light uh, to, to help the body to heal. And it's interesting, through the years, we have had uh, many straight upper cervical uh, chiropractors who have adopted laser therapy, and, and, uh, and, and it does very well for them. Um, so what was your original question? Well, veterinarians are heavy oh, yeah, adopters yeah, too. I yeah, think. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. So chiropractors initially, uh, and then um, we have a little interesting story. We were the first company to introduce therapy laser to the veterinary world, right. and we had these guys. Um, you know, we didn't know veterinary medicine at all, right? And we had these guys contact us, and they heard that we were selling this laser, and they go, "Does does it help arthritis in dogs?" And we were so clueless. We said, do dogs get arthritis? <laughs> we didn't even know. Uh, so that was back in, uh, you know, veterinary medicine. Uh, their products are not uh, uh, typically FDA regulated. So we can actually introduce equipment into veterinary medicine sooner. Uh, so it was actually in 2005 before we got our, our FDA clearance where we exhibited at a veterinary conference. And um you know, what, what that's grown into is now, I think the number is close to 70% of veterinary clinics have a laser no way. Uh, and they will use it for, you know, um, uh, immediately after surgery, you know, post-surgical applications that helps with tissue healing um, and, and closure of the incision sites. They'll use it for ear infections. Uh, um, uh, they'll use it for arthritis. Uh, on my drive up here, I was listening to your wiener dog episode. Yeah. Uh, so wiener dogs are actually very prone to getting uh, disc, uh, disc disease in their vet. You know, I mean, they seem their, like every they're a walking comorbidity. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't well, know that. I don't know. She that mentioned that. that they get back problems. Did you? And I think her dog had a heart issue too. He, well, he, her dog had pulmonary fibrosis. Oh yeah, that's right. But or pulmonary hypertension. But she said a lot of wiener dogs have disc issues mm -hmm. in their back. And what I think is interesting is a lot of dog owner friends that I have will spend all sorts of money on their dogs yes. and try like more functional modalities. So they'll do laser, they'll yeah. do acupuncture, they'll do all of these things. And then I'm like, well, are you doing that for yourself, for right. your own health? And they're yeah. like, 
no. Yeah. <laughs> and like right. you're willing to do all of these things for your dogs. You believe in them, mm -hmm. but you won't take supplements yourself. You won't get acupuncture. You won't have laser, yeah. which is funny what we'll do for our animals, but not necessarily ourselves. Yeah. And what we see works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's true. Um, People won't give their dog Diet Coke, but they drink Diet Coke. <laughs> Or they'll make their dog go exercise yeah. and they right. don't go exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. So we have had some very, very heartwarming stories, in, you know, involving dachshunds and other dogs. Yeah. You know, typically with a dachshund, because of the biomechanics, when they get that disc disease, they will go lame in their hind legs. And it's very sad, but, um, uh, you know, if, if they feel that they're not able to perform surgery to help it, they will put the animal down. And through the years, uh, I know that we have had numerous dachshunds and other dogs that have gotten laser therapy treatments. The laser therapy helps to resolve that internal inflammation. It helps with function of the nerves. And we've made dogs walk again. And, right. and we've kept we've had numerous testimonials involving that. So wow. shout and, out to Dachshunds of Columbia. There's yes. like 60 Dachshunds that we know of that right. walk. He probably so, wants a sponsorship yes. from us. Well, we are on uh, Columbia's fastest growing and, and number one and podcast. Hottest yes. podcast. Hottest, hottest podcast. Yes. And also, I do not own a wiener dog. So I think that it's giving, I heard on the podcast, that gives me free license to make any naughty joke it about inner dogs that I, I want to. So what if you, well, if I you have one, to, I just laughed let it go. Randy because you wouldn't pronounce Dachshund. You said Dushan. Yeah, it's, it's spelled Dash Hound. Oh, right. Dash Hound. Yeah. I was yes. like, yeah. where is that from? She spelled it, she spells it D-A-S-H-U-N-D and says that's Dachshund. <laughs> Uh, so yes, with veterinary yeah. medicine, then also in- Well, they're in, looking for a sponsor, so- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. good. Thanks well, for slipping that in there. Right. Slipping uh, the weenies. Yes. <laughs> uh, so in, in, in professions, um, uh, uh, in, in, you know, it's been very encouraging in, in healthcare that uh, uh, we're able to use laser in, in many different ways. And of course, yeah. in, in chiropractic. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, even the way that the laser is used in chiropractic, you can use it together. You can use laser alone. Uh, you can use laser together with spinal decompression. You can use it with uh, 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 standard osseous adjusting. Use it, you can use it together with various soft tissue techniques. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things you can do with laser there. Uh, but then we see laser uh, is being adopted by physical therapists, uh, pain management clinics, uh, all of the major sports teams uh, at the pro and college level that uh, you, you know are truly invested in their um, athletes, they use laser therapy. So we've had numerous uh, individual athletes will buy laser uh, a laser for themselves. Um, our probably our most worldwide well known uh, client is the New York Yankees. Uh, use our equipment. Really? And wow. um, uh, so what they tell us is that it, like if, if a player's in a baseball game, if they get hit by a fastball and you see them go down in the dugout, actually the back door of the dugout goes down into the training room underneath the stands and they'll go down and do a laser treatment you know, oh, during really? the game. And, or, it's, and it only takes a few minutes. That's what I'm shocked minutes. by because I always thought it would be a, everything would be a 30 to 40 minute mm -hmm. thing, but it's five to 10 minutes. Right. And done. Yeah. yeah. So I have a colleague, she was, before she was a physician assistant, she was an athletic trainer and she was um, at a college and her team, she had a gymnastics team. That was who she was the AT for. Um, but she personally rolled her ankle, like running out to help someone one day mm -hmm. and they had a laser and um, she was telling me that her ankle was big, swollen, back and blue. So they lasered her immediately. Yeah. And she said, literally mm -hmm. by the next day, the swelling was gone. Mm -hmm. Some of the bruising, which she's like, I didn't even think that that was going to go away, mm -hmm. had already started. And she was like, I was able to put pressure on it. Yeah. And she was like, it was crazy what one day, mm -hmm. uh, like how much of a difference it right. made just like by treating it right away with a yeah. laser. And, and that's, you know, with, with any kind of an acute injury, let's, let's work through the process here. Uh, acute injury is trauma to the system. Trauma to our body activates our sympathetic nerves. Activation of the sympathetic nerves causes vasoconstriction. Vasoconstriction means that when we have too much fluid, uh, let's say in the ankle, if the vessels are vasoconstricted, then that fluid is not able to drain out. Right. So the problem with an acute injury is swelling. Uh, when you have too much fluid in the area, and uh, uh, that's why, you know, last night at our dinner meeting, I went on a little bit of a tangent about for acute injuries, we should not be putting ice on acute injuries. And actually, uh, Dr. Gabe Merkin, the inventor of the RICE protocol, you know, rest, ice, compression, elevation, he did a complete 180 a few years ago. And now he argues that ice actually delays recovery and, and ice interferes with the 
uh, strength of healing in tissues. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, I, I took that a step further. And, and, you know, my argument now is we should not be using ice on acute injuries. We should be using laser on acute injuries. So, well, I had, and I, um, I was, my friend, Dr. Brad Gorski's in Charleston, but he was telling me about, and he was a really good baseball player, but he was telling me about an athletic trainer who did only heat right after someone would have an injury or mm -hmm. some sort of issue. Mm -hmm. And they had the least amount of days missed. So mm -hmm. he said no ice, only yeah. heat immediately after. Yeah. And his argument was if your body's putting heat to the area, why are you fighting what the body wants right. to do? Why don't yeah. you give it more of what it already wants? Um, and he said there's they had so few injuries that it started getting adopted by mm -hmm. all the other personal trainers yeah. too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so, uh, and I don't want to miss the fact that she was going up to help somebody, and then she rolled. Yeah, she rolled she her rolled ankle. Her. It's that's oh. a mm -hmm. yeah that. There's, but they had it, and so it just goes yeah. kind of to your point that a lot of academic institutions who have big college time mm -hmm. athletes, mm -hmm. professional teams, like they're all adopting this. Anything yeah, sure. that can help and get players, golfers. Yeah. yeah. Most people don't know this about me, but I worked in between graduating from college and going to PA school, I worked at the infirmary at the University of Florida and I had all the, like all the football players would come in. And really? during the summertime is like when I started working there, I needed to get hours for PA school. You had to have 2000 hours. What? I don't know what an in. infirmary is. Oh, an infirmary is like a clinic. And at the, oh. <laughs> is that, a, I, I from, just, is a picture of wounded you? soldiers. Yeah, and, yeah that's, that's what I, well, and limbs I, shot I off. think <laughs> the reason that, that you have still calls at the infirmary is like, I think it was like the building itself was, and don't quote me on this, but I think it was built during like World War II era. And so literally it was an infirmary, like for like, they would have like gurneys what? What <laughs> lined up and okay. I don't know. I this So it just was called the infirmary, called the but it was more like just like a, a clinic. clinic. It's a clinic I now, see. but, yeah, I, but I an see. infirmary in like traditional Back in the day, is I like see. this yeah. ward where you would treat people simultaneously in like a big open space. Yeah, okay. And that's what the building's original use was. And so what, what happened in there? So so anyways, I worked there in the summertime yeah. to get out. Yeah, sorry, we got, these, I get derailed all, pretty easily. And all of these athletes would come in, like football players who were doing training, getting ready. Sorry, I get really. And um, they were like, no, they always wanted the fastest, quickest solution mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to be back in play, mm -hmm. yeah. regardless of what it was, like whether if they were concussed, if they, you know, rolled an ankle, if they hurt something, um, they were always like, what can I do to get back in play mm -hmm. yeah. as fast as possible? And I'm sure some of that, like, we didn't even see the full gamut of it because they have their own athletic trainers that yeah. are, um, but sometimes it would be like, they were even doing things in the off season and they were, you know, how can I get better faster? Uh -huh. that, I don't want anyone to know that I'm hurt. That right? reminds me of yes. something that happened to me. So, so back in, uh, uh 2010, 2011, we, uh, actually, uh, loaned some equipment to a massage therapist that worked with the U S women's uh, soccer team. And, uh, so that was, you know, back in the days of, uh, uh Abby Wamba and, say. um, uh, Hope Solo, the goalie, yep. uh, Carly Lloyd, uh, was Mia uh, Hamm? Uh, I think I think she was. Yeah, I think she was. Uh, but I I'm I'm hesitating because I don't think she was one of the injured ones. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, we we loaned them uh, our laser equipment, and then in 2012 they won the gold medal in the Olympics. And so then the following summer, I am at uh, exhibiting at an athletic trainer meeting in Las uh, Las Vegas, and so it's standing there in the big exhibit hall, and I'm standing at my table and. and uh, not much going on. I was just looking around and, and I see this guy come in the room and he's like making a beeline for my table. And, uh, you know, that was back in the day when, you know, in Vegas, I, I would Vegas at night. And so my first thought was, <laughs> what did I do last <laughs> night? <laughs> but then the guy comes up and he, and he, and he holds out his hand and he introduces himself. He says, my name is Reg Guter. I'm the head trainer for the women's uh, soccer team. And I want to thank you because I know that laser got our players back on the field more quickly. That's awesome. Uh, and so, and, and, but it's important to know that it's, it's not, you know, it's not simply a light based pain reliever. It's not just helping with the pain. So what's, you know, you're, so we're not, we're not putting people back into action with unstable joints or, or unresolved injuries. Right. It, is, it is actually helping the tissues to heal faster and with better quality. And so we can get athletes back on the field more quickly. That's cool.
Yeah. So then you the part so part of it then is getting a laser that's really good, which yes. you guys have got, right. and get then getting the research behind it and the right. FDA clearance. Right. And then the other side is educating people, which I know you're that's kind of your platform and that's what you're doing. You talk about it, you talk about the scientific side. And then you've got the sales rep side too. Uh -huh. I have to give a shout out to Rachel because yeah. she's so good. Uh -huh. Um and then and Leslie too. She brought Leslie yeah. a couple times and they did all kinds of things in our clinic. Um, but I'm curious where like kind of where the business shifted to the point where you had sales reps specifically doing this and then how you train them and what, what that looks like, kind of the interaction between the medical director and the sales rep and then the clients. Yeah. So, you know, so starting out back in, in 2007, uh, there were just a few of us in the company. So we had to do everything. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was doing, I was involved in uh, website design, design and development, uh, uh, using uh, a simple graphics program to make our uh, brochures and pamphlets. Uh, you know, we were, you know, involved in the whole process. Uh, the, the thing that really helped us uh, er, in the early days of our company was the sales from veterinary medicine uh, because veterinarians uh, adopted it and they could see, it, you know, when, when you have a surgical incision and like if you do 10 of them in a row and you laser half of them and you don't laser the other half, the, the difference between them is so obvious uh, that now laser therapy is, is really standard of care in veterinary medicine when you do surgery. Uh, and so those, those sales from veterinary medicine really helped our, our company to, to, to build that growth. And so, um, it, it has been a, a, you know, a steady growth process for us. We are a privately held company. So, um, you know, there are some other laser companies that have, uh, outside investors and, and, um, you know, the, everything that's related to that. Uh, but because we are a privately held company, you know, we are responsible for our own, uh, finances. And so our, Growth over time has has been a slow and steady process, but now just in the past year, we've we've taken the big step of uh, making sure that we have representation all throughout the United States. Yep. Uh, so, it's it's a growth process, uh, but but we are uh, steadily growing, steadily improving. Uh, our our sales in the chiropractic world are uh, growing steadily, but then also the real encouraging thing is is that we are, uh, you know, catching the eyes and the ears of, uh, you know, pain management clinics. Um, uh, dentistry. There are many applications for our lasers in dentistry. For example, uh, there are studies that show that uh, when you laser uh, someone who has braces on, you can actually speed up the rate of tooth movement. So if you think about it, a brace, you're, you're like pulling on that tooth. And so it is like a slow, steady, continuous injury when you are trying to move a tooth. Well, if you laser the area, you can help it to heal more quickly. And so uh, I never had braces. My, my daughters had braces and they had their braces on for two years. I would have paid the same amount of money if they could have had their braces on for a year and a half, you know, because, you know, when, when braces on, especially for a girl in, in teenage years, mm -hmm. that, that was uh, a, a social draw on them. And so if I can, if I could have lasered them and cut down on their, uh, time with the braces on that, that would mean a lot to me. That's true. So yeah. Th and there's just so many exciting applications of laser. Uh, the, the future is bright. We'd like to say that the and it's a weird thing because there's so many things that you can use it for. You keep every yeah. time we talk about something, it's like, Oh, we could use it for this yeah. or we could use it for this. Um, but it's, it's really at the end of the day, it's a philosophical shift to think if your body needs light, mm -hmm. if your body needs energy and your mm -hmm. body's lacking energy, then energy to any area of your body is probably going to help it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it is, it is a, a bit of a paradigm shift, not so much for us in chiropractic, but, but in, in medicine, because, you know, when you boil it down, modern medicine sees, uh, health and disease as a chemistry problem, mm -hmm. you know, you're using pharmaceutical chemicals to have an influence on the body. We're looking at, uh, uh, the problem as, as you could say a physics problem We're we're using light to have that influence on, on the tissues in the body. And, you know, sometimes, uh, again, that, that light alone can help, but it's going to work much better if, if we do it uh, together with, uh, whether it's physical medicine techniques that we do, but also with nutrition. There are specific nutritional things that we can do uh, that will play well together with, with laser and, and help with tissue healing. So while so. I know our particular laser isn't, you know, geared towards this one area, and I'm speaking to the ladies for this one, um, that lasers are being used a lot is in aesthetics. And my estheticians, they have a laser, which I'm like, what's the difference between my laser and your laser? Um, that they're doing all of these facial treatments mm -hmm. with. Um, and so I don't know if you know kind of the difference or can speak to that a little bit, but a lot of, you know, for even cosmesis, people mm -hmm. are using lasers now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with some of the, uh, or some of the aesthetic lasers, 
you can compare it to um, uh, if you have a lawn, uh, when you aerate your lawn, you're like, you know, punching little holes yep. in, in the lawn and that improves the overall health of, of the of the grass. Uh, these lasers, aesthetic lasers, they will essentially punch little holes in the tissue. And then when that, when that little divot heals up, uh, it, it will tighten up the skin. Um, so, uh, they're going to be using a different wavelength. It's, it's a very focused, tightly focused beam. It's a very short, um, um, uh, pulse, uh, of laser energy, but yeah, it's, it's essentially punching small holes in the tissue that when those heal, it, it will draw the tissues together and remove the wrinkles. Awesome. So, Yeah. Yeah. So ours, so ours doesn't do that though, but it does continuous and then it does pulsed wavelengths. Right. Yeah. So, so the laser that we use, it's uses red and infrared light, uh, which first off that is so beautiful that we can do that because that's non ionizing light. Uh, occasionally either a patient or a pet owner will freak out when they read or see somewhere that, that laser is radiation. Well, radiation is a generic term that, that applies to everything across the spectrum, all the way from, you know, x-rays and ultraviolet, all the way through visible light and, and radio waves, et cetera. So again, with our laser, we're using it red and infrared light, which is non-ionizing, therefore very, very safe. Uh, our, the, the treatments that we do are non-invasive, so we're not breaking the skin layer at all. Um, and uh, the, I mentioned earlier, the red wavelengths will penetrate a few millimeters into the tissues, and then the infrared wavelengths will penetrate much deeper into the body. And when you get those photons of light being absorbed by cells in the body, uh, healing results. Yeah. So when you meet with someone for the first time, then they're, they're like, all right, I have all these questions about yeah. laser. What's, what's your protocol? How do you go through it with them? What's their first, I guess their first objection usually? Uh -huh. uh, you know, that question has changed over the years because initially there was a lot of skepticism about uh, laser therapy and whether light could actually have an influence on the body. And uh, I would just point out to them, the, can, do you see me? Well, the very simple fact that you can see me, uh, that means that photons of light are reflecting off of me going into your eyeball. And then that photon of light is uh, creating a photochemical reaction on the, on the retina of your, of your eye. Uh, and, you know, other examples, sunburn or using uh, UV light for jaundice. Um, you know, there are many ways that light has an influence on, on tissues. Uh, so that we don't, we don't really don't get that question anymore. Uh, I think that you know, certainly in chiropractic and uh, also just in modern medicine, um, uh, there is at least an awareness of laser therapy and, 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 and the ability of light to have an influence. Uh, it, it is, I'm so happy that we are able to more completely explain the mechanisms of laser therapy. Uh, and, and I'm also very happy that we have decided on a term photobiomodulation. Uh, because in, in the early years, you know, there are so many terms thrown out, you know, cold laser, low level laser, warm laser, soft laser, cool laser, all these different terms were used and skeptics would say, well, if you can't even agree on what to call it, why should we even give you any credibility whatsoever? Uh, so photobiomodulation, photo referring to the photons of light, bio referring to the living processes, modulation referring to laser's ability to Downregulate processes in the body that are overactive, such as pain, while at the same time upregulating processes in the body, such as energy production in the cells. All of that happens together during that that uh, during the laser treatment. Um, so, you know, really the question now is um, uh, clinical outcomes, and it, it, it depends on the interests of the person that I'm talking to. You know, if they are drawn to the physics of it, you know, we would talk about the the wavelengths and the uh, you know, the colors of light and the, and the various chromophores and the tissues that absorb. Uh, but then if that doesn't interest them so much, then we can talk about clinical outcomes, you know, helping with pain, uh, helping with inflammation, you know, helping with neuropathy. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that neuropathy has been a very hot topic for uh, us for, for several years. I was going to say, can yeah. you talk more about those patients and what, yeah. how exactly it helps them heal and um, it is so sad to see patients suffering with neuropathy because a lot of them have lost hope. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, modern medicine really doesn't have an answer for them. Uh, Lyrica, gabapentin, uh, they are drugs that will numb the brain, numb the nerves, you know, so they don't, they don't feel the symptoms, but it, uh, they just have horrible side effects. Uh, actually, during the neuropathy uh, seminar that we teach, 
we actually play a TV ad for Lyrica and we ask our class members, pay attention to the side effects. And, you know, the, the, the commercial starts out with, you know, 10 seconds of what their life was like and how Lyrica helped. And then there's about 40 seconds of the side effects. And then they close with the, you know, person playing with their grandchild or something. Right. Uh, but when you, if you truly listen to all those side effects, you come to the conclusion, oh, maybe neuropathy isn't so bad after all, uh, if, if, I, if I think of all the side effects that Lyrica could have. But, you know, our main cause of peripheral neuropathy is diabetes. And, um, uh, you know, diabetes is a, is, a, is a severe health problem around the world, certainly in the United States. And uh, uh, diabetes is not going away. So diabetic peripheral neuropathy is not going to go away. What is interesting with laser therapy is that we are able to help those diabetic neuropathy patients by improving circulation in the tissues. Uh, you know, that's a big problem with diabetes is, is getting blood flow to, to the toes and the feet. And uh, so with the laser treatments, uh, we are proven that we can improve circulation in the extremities uh, while at the same time helping with uh, improving the overall health of those tissues and help, helping them to heal while at the same time helping with nerve function. And so a, a common di a diabetic neuropathy patient would say something like, um, I feel like I'm walking on marbles or right. I, I'm in my bare feet, but I feel like I have a sock on. Uh, and what is so rewarding, we have so many testimonials collected from diabetic neuropathy patients where we laser them a few times and they say things like, I can feel the dirt on my floor again, right. <laughs> or I can feel the cracks in the shower, uh, because it is so important for neuropathy patients to regain that sense of feeling in their feet. Uh, first off to prevent uh, slips and, and trips and falls, right. uh, but then also to be able to maintain their independence uh, driving. You know, if, if someone cannot feel the brake pedal right. when they're driving, that's a big deal. Yeah. All right. And, and nobody wants to lose their independence. Uh, so with, with neuropathy, we have uh, developed a complete protocol revolving around the laser where the patient will go through uh, a standard protocol of 16 visits. Uh, we do it three times a week until the 16 visits are are, are completed. And um, uh, at the end of that time, uh, we do have a pu published studies show that greater than 90% of the patients will have significant re uh, resolution of the neuropathy symptoms. And then in our many years of clinical experience, uh, we will echo that. Uh, I, I wish that we could get 100% resolution of every patient, but right. you know, th there's no guarantees in healthcare. Uh, so, but, but a vast majority of the neuropathy patients will get significant relief of their symptoms. But, you know, even if they get 30 to 50% resolution, uh, with a treatment that is non-invasive and has no side effects, that that's a big thing. Right. And, and I was going to gonna ask, do you think, you know, I was a novice to laser therapy outside of, you know, aesthetics truly until we purchased our product. I would say, I don't know how many primary care providers are truly, aware of laser. If they are, they're certainly not marketing it to their mm -hmm. diabetic patients. And yet I think, as you mentioned, so many people with diabetes have neuropathy, mm -hmm. would love to have some symptom relief, yeah. don't even know this product exists. Right. How do you, you bridge that gap of like, there's this whole population of people who could really benefit from this and getting that word out to them. The first thing that we do is we appear on Columbia's number one and fastest right. growing Hottest podcast. Right. Yes. Hottest podcast. Step one. Yes. Yeah. Check. That's step, check. We've checked that box. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's education. Right. It's uh, 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 and, and you know, I guess that's the good side of social media is being right. able to educate and, right. and, and increase awareness because uh, if if somebody does not have neuropathy themselves. Chances are they know somebody who has neuropathy. Right. And um, yeah, it just in increasing that awareness of. Because it seems like an unfair know. advantage. Gabapentin and Lyrica get commercials. Yeah. And yet, you know. Yeah. They, and, and then like they, said, they also get government funding right, for research exactly. and, and exactly. all those things. Yeah. So it, 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 that's always going to be an uphill battle for us in yeah. the laser world. Now, and then thanks. even amputations, like you spoke yeah. about that. I mm -hmm. come from a trauma background. That's mm -hmm. what I did for the last eight years. And um we had a lot of amputees and phantom pain is a big thing. And, mm -hmm. and personally, what I'd always prescribe, Lyrica is very expensive for our patients. Um, and so we would just up titrate gabapentin. Ugh. We were like after 900 milligrams three times a day, 
it doesn't really do much more. Yeah. So even though you can go up a little higher, we never, you know, so, and that was, that's all we had to offer. Yeah. I mean, really that's kind of, mm -hmm. and then pain management. Mm -hmm. um, but I just did like 12 hours of CME on pain management and we have a huge crisis going on in yeah. our country. And so yeah. they do need, we need other options. Mm -hmm. Like that is, we just need other options to give. So people aren't to have a lifetime of pain medicine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we need to be able to improve their quality of life. So, um, yes, we, you know, we, we also, you will use the laser on the amputee patients that are having that residual limb pain and, and phantom limb sensation. And, um, uh, it's very rewarding to be able to help those people. We just, and yeah. so we just had a patient who I think came into the testimonial for us, but his wife basically was like, he's doing this no matter what. Uh -huh. And we were like, all right, we're not quite, we ba basically, we said, we're so busy right now. Yeah. We're not uh, taking that on yet. And she said, no, you are. Uh. <laughs> and we said, okay, okay. So then we ended up doing it. But he was saying, and I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it was nine years he hasn't been able to feel his feet. And he's has 60% resolution of uh. it right now. So he's already 60% better. Yeah. And he can feel things that he hasn't been yeah. able to feel for nine or 10 years. And I think it was a military injury that that kind of started it and then it progressively got worse yeah but i was sitting there looking at it like man this is, i've been adjusting this guy for years and yeah. years and years and i've been doing everything that i possibly could and then we get this one new thing and then finally this area that's just been so stubborn to resolving is getting better yeah i i love hearing that uh i i get very passionate about laser therapy and and i i'm getting a little emotional now because i'm thinking about the improvement that you made in his quality of life but then also you know the ripple effect of of how that affects his interaction with his wife and, and with his family and with the you know checkout person at the grocery store and, and and you know on and on down the line how much better place is the world as a result of of you being able to help that guy that is such a big thing yeah that's awesome so while you're in columbia kind of in closing have you been, have you been into columbia before uh, this is actually my first time in Columbia. First time I've, I've in been Columbia. to some, I, uh, have been to Charleston quite a bit. My nephew actually played baseball at the college of Charleston. And actually that's an interesting story. So I, I referenced earlier, my brother Bill, uh, got me into chiropractic. Uh, and then I got my brother Bill into laser, uh, because his, his son, Michael was playing baseball at the college of Charleston. And I have to give him a shout out because he's a stud. Uh, he works for Sumas Laser now, uh, but in his baseball career, he was a home run hitter. He could hit bombs. And uh, um, something happened one time where he had a, a shoulder injury, and his brother was adjusting him, or my brother, his dad, uh, was adjusting him and, and not getting any pain relief. And so I, I talked uh, Dr. Albright into letting uh, them borrow a laser for a while to treat Michael's shoulder. I think it's like four or six treatments later, he's back uh, swinging yeah. the bat and hitting bombs That's again. Cool. So then uh, his dad, my brother Bill, uh, decided to come and work for us. Uh, so he was our top laser salesman for a number of years uh, because he had that passion for it. And that's, you know, when you talk about um, getting the word out and uh, increasing awareness, uh, this is something... You know, you're not selling something. That uh, this is not any like any other type of of capital equipment sale or or device sales or anything like that. Uh, you when you have that emotional story of that impact that you have on people's lives, and you know, with the position that I'm in as medical director of the company, I have so many tear jerking stories of improvement of quality of life that we've been able to help people. That um, uh, it, it just really drives my passion for this. Yeah. So Love yeah. It. Yeah. But yeah, South Carolina, uh, I actually have a little free time this afternoon. So I'm going to do a little road trip. I'm on my, on my way down to, uh, um, Augusta or, uh, Savannah, Georgia, and then, uh, Tampa, Florida. So I'm doing a little bit of a Southeastern road trip here. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to find something to, yeah, but I love South Carolina. Love that. Yeah. 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 We love it. We're neither of us are from, yeah. you're from Florida. Mm -hmm. He's Canadian. Um, yeah. I'm from Canada. Um, <laughs> Dr. Tom, he's from Pennsylvania. Uh, we all yeah. we all came here. Brett's from uh, who knows where, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, and he has and a we just tattooed on him. How could you? You have that? a Tennessee tattoo. On his leg. Oh, really? So does his wife. Oh, you need a. Did you get a Florida one or no? No, absolutely not. No, you're. But we'll you're headed that. to two great places. Savannah's yeah. great, Savannah's and then when fine. you're in Tampa, yeah. eat at the Columbia. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. we appreciate you being. Can you tell everyone where to find you? How to contact you? 
So uh, first off, our, our company is Sumus Medical Laser, S-U-M-M-U-S. Uh, of course, we have a, a website and all various social media, uh, Sumus. And uh, me personally, I have a, a website, uh, drphilharrington.com, D-R-Phil-Harrington, drphilharrington.com. I do have a YouTube channel, uh, Laser Lessons from Dr. Phil. And, um, uh, Which I love the Dr. Phil thing. So do you, <laughs> talk about that a little bit. I never, yeah. we haven't, I've yeah, never brought it up before. Well, night. first off, I, I point out that I'm the Dr. Phil with hair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and I think I'm better looking than that guy on TV. Now he's probably wealthier than I am. He's got more money, but but uh, I, I'm wealthier in 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 the riches of life, the things that really matter. So right. I have a wife that loves me, and I have a horse that loves me. There you so. go. Do you think? Do you, how often does it come up? Because I feel like he came because oh. you you were a, you were a chiropractor. You were Doctor Phil like before he got big, uh -huh. yeah. right? And then all yeah. of a sudden this guy came on yeah. big, and then all of a sudden it's. Yeah. Dr. Phil, everybody looks at like, right. oh yeah, I know. Like, right. Yeah. Wait, and Dr. then even Phil? internationally, you know, uh, the, the guys, uh, our distributor, my friends in, in Malaysia, they, they get a kick out of it really? uh, that they're working with Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah. And then Sumas, where did the name come from? Any fun story with that or just? Um, well, as I, we had started out with, with a different brand of laser yeah. and, and we had to uh, do a complete uh, marketing and, and brand name change. And so uh, sumus comes from the Latin, uh, you know, summa meaning the the summit, the peak, the pinnacle, the best. Uh, so um, yeah, we we had a a naming contest within our company for for that, and and yeah. and that's where it came from. But it's yeah, I like it because we can you know use the M's in the middle and and manipulate them to you know make it look like a mountain peak. It's also a palindrome. Yeah, uh, but um, I'm always yeah. really interested in how companies decide mm -hmm. what their names are going to be. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah, there's not many companies that you can spell their name forward and backward yeah. the same way. Uh -huh. That was probably part of it. Right. Tom and I chose yeah. to get married on a palindrome date. Really? What was 12, it? 12, 11, 21. Oh, yeah. 12, 11, 21. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe you got married on uh, Wiener Dog Day. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's cool. That's, what yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? You guys need, yeah. is there a laser day? Is there a national photobiomodulation day? You know, there should be. Yeah, uh, you guys should, maybe is, we could do something. Well, no, on, yeah. on May 4th, we did our laser special. Oh, yeah. oh good was, point. Um, yeah. Star Wars. May, May the 4th, 4th yeah. be with you. Yeah. 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 And, you know, they have lasers. And right. so we did a yeah. whole, yeah. our marketing guy over there, he yeah. just ran with it. Yeah, you're giving me flashbacks. I did, uh, when when I first got that class for laser, I uh, for Halloween, I, I wore a Superman costume in the office. And I still got that picture somewhere of Superman with, with, his, with laser. his laser. Love yeah. it. That's yeah. cool. Love it. So. Cool. Awesome. So good to have you on. Yeah, we appreciate you your time. I'm so happy to be here on Columbia's fastest growing and most widely <laughs> listened to podcast. <laughs> That's right. Podcast. That's and, right. And on Spotify. And I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You guys can listen anywhere where you find your podcasts. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it. Oh, let's do. It. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Let's thing. get it in there. Brandy loves to talk about. I love to talk about this. I love to talk about this. And my husband would not let me first down as co-host if I didn't bring this up with Randall. All right, so we're back. We're back now. And we stopped for a second, but we're back now because Megan started asking no, no, no. some very no, no, no. specific because questions. No, no, no. Something came. Something no, no, came no. up. Yeah, no, something, no, no. something came up. Something Last came up. time I was on this podcast, they talked about sun tanning their buttholes. Yes. And so it always takes a weird turn and, when I co-host. And Megan said, is there any way that we can bring up wieners in this? <laughs> well, yeah. But not so. the wiener dog. Um, so, and then, so no, that not kind of no, piqued no, no. your, that piqued your interest. We talked about vasodilation, nitrous oxide. What is, you know, if y'all know that what Viagra is, they were actually testing it. Well, medical history, pharmaceutical history. They were actually testing it for heart attacks. And they found that it helped. Guys, I have ED heard that incidentally. too. Incidentally, yep. all right. So, the laser. The I'll laser, yeah. So, uh, one of the things that laser does is it temporarily uh, increases nitric oxide levels in the tissues. And nitric oxide is, as you said, is a vasodilator, which helps to improve blood flow. Uh, and so, uh, uh, if a uh, patient is suffering from uh, erectile dysfunction, uh, laser treatments can possibly help to. Uh, improve or to, to help to resolve that problem. And it's, and it's, again, it's a non-invasive treatment and it is helping with blood flow. And so we actually do have a few clinics that are uh, using the laser. Uh, some of them are using it together with uh, this uh, 
I think it's called Gaines Wave. Uh, there's a shockwave shockwave procedure big. I know lots of yeah. that is people. done. Uh, but they're using the laser together with it and and finding significant outcomes. Uh, but but laser could be done alone. Just a long um, consent form, just like lots rib, of consent. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, yeah. How many people are doing? How many people are one clinics are doing? Yeah. How many <laughs> clinics are doing that? Yeah, because it's, it's one, so fr it's they're so not fringe. An infirmary. I know. I know. <laughs> it's one patient in the room one specimen. I get. I don't know. It's. It just seems like something that you would. Yeah. You would. But this is how know. you have to think about it. I think that that if there are people who are really suffering, they would be like lining up. No matter what, you would try anything. Right. Yes. When you're yeah. suffering for our, that. Our clinics that right. are doing it uh, are, yeah, they're telling us that they have a lot of people that are. Right. Because it's ready. like people, yeah. they're like, whether, you know, all jokes aside, like that takes a serious toll in somebody's life. Mm -hmm, for sure. And so I'm sure if they knew that there was a modality that could potentially help, they would certainly be like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try it six times or, uh -huh. you know, right. see yeah. if it makes a difference. Yeah. So. And, yeah. And what area do you focus the light on? <laughs> you want me to show you? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, well, Randy is going to be right the, the first patient. <laughs> <laughs> The, so the, so is the there a setting on the on the laser? <laughs> setting on the laser. Is there a penis setting? Can it, or? Yeah, can boner it, setting. Does yeah. it help with growth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can that Because Tom thinks a penis. So a general treatment concept with laser is you always treat from proximal to distal uh, because you're wanting to have that influence on blood supply going to the area. Uh, so when we do uh, this sort of a treatment, we would actually start in the lower abdomen uh, and, and just work around yeah. and kind of circle into the area. You, you can apply a laser directly to uh, the penis itself, uh, but actually the treatment all starts and the benefit comes from lasering in the abdomen and lasering the blood supply. That's, yeah, that's to what the I was area. wondering. Cool. Um, and then another side uh, uh, Related issue here is, is Peyronie's disease, which is uh, uh, abnormal accumulation of scar tissue. Right. And um, uh, one effective laser is is to help with remodeling of, of scar tissue. Nice. Wow. And uh, so uh, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do it in my office. I, I would probably refer it out. Uh, but um, uh, I know that we have had laser patients that have gotten help with uh, Peyronie's disease. Wow. So I, I just wanted to cool. straighten that out. All right. Thanks for adding that in. Yeah, that was good. Absolutely. We Dr. Randy will get the settings for <laughs> you out there. <laughs>